Welcome, listening audience, to this new edition of a Heart After God radio broadcast with Pastor Brad Abley. Today we are in part 7 of our study of Luke, and we pick up our study in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 46. Brad speaks to Mary's prayer to the Lord for what her cousin Elizabeth had prophesied, and how proper and glorifying her response is. Mary was unique amongst all humanity in that she was chosen to bore our Savior, Jesus Christ. At the same time, Brad identifies important evidence in Mary's prayer that she herself saw herself as an ordinary human, a sinner like the rest of us. Now here's Pastor Brad. Well, very warm greetings to you, dear friends. This is Pastor Brad Abley with the Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry, a ministry that is designed to take you deeper into the Word of God and to stir within you and me a greater heart after God. We are in a series, actually part seven, of our new series called the Know Your Faith series as we go through verse by verse, taking our time uh, throughout the entire Gospel of Luke. And today we are in Luke chapter 1, and we're going to be looking at verses 46 through 56. And I don't always have titles for these messages, but I do today. And today's title is Lessons from a Young Girl. Lessons from a Young Girl. You know, God is no respecter of persons, is he? He will use anyone, no matter how young they are, for his glory if they have a heart for him. So it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. God, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, uh, verse 9, that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth that he may strongly support those whose hearts are fully given over to him. Is that you today as you are listening to this broadcast? Do you have that desire to partner with the Lord, to to be his ambassador, to represent him, to be his witness, to glorify his name in whatever area of life that you're in, then God will respond to you as he responded in an extraordinary, very unique way uh, to this young girl named Mary who would give birth to the Messiah. Now, no one else in history uh, uh, could say that, and no one ever will be able to say that. So Mary is unique in that sense, but Mary is not unique in the sense that God will glorify his name through anyone who seeks to be used by him. Now, We're going to get into Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 46 in just a moment. But before we do, let's pray and let's ask the Holy Spirit to have his way in our lives. Father, we do pray now that you would search our hearts and that you would cause us to humble ourselves before you now, before we even open up your word, before we speak another word, We say that we can get nothing out of this 
unless you open our hearts, Holy Spirit, unless you open our eyes and our ears and help us to hear with faith and obedience. And we pray, Holy Spirit, our teacher, that you would glorify the Father and the Son in and through this message. And may you bring great forth, may you bring forth great fruit presently and throughout eternity for your namesake. And we ask these things together now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, it's just good to be with you, beloved. I wish I could see your faces. I wish I could give you a handshake or a hug. But unfortunately, I guess I'm going to have to wait until we all are in heaven uh, to for that to happen. So until then, this is what the Apostle Paul said to the church in Thessalonica, this is a work of faith and labor of love. And that's really what it is. It's a work of faith and we won't see each other until we get to heaven. But for now, it's a work of faith that God will reward, uh, as I prayed, both now and throughout eternity. Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 6 and you recall that the angel Gabriel had already announced to Mary that she would give birth to the Messiah. And then just before this, remember, she she hurried to her relative Elizabeth's home. And the second that she entered the Elizabeth and Zacharias's home and Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, Elizabeth said that the baby leapt in her womb. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she cries out with a loud voice. She she declares a blessing upon Mary for obeying God. There's no way she could have known that. Um, and she declares prophetically that the mother of her Lord would come to her, and that the baby leapt in her womb for joy. And then the thing that amazes me about the power of the prophetic, when God speaks to someone, Elizabeth said in verse 45, and blessed is he is she who believed. Isn't that amazing? Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. And the Lord is Jesus who has yet to be born. Uh, that's just an amazing thing. The Lord is is the name for the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and I remind you of what we talked about a few weeks ago, even earlier in Luke 1, 38, where when the angel said to her in verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God, Mary's response was, and I think this is one of the best responses to a word from God anywhere in scripture. Again, remember, this is just a young girl. She said, behold, the bondservant of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. Wow, that is the kind of response that every believer ought to have before the Lord. And as a matter of fact, this should be the kind of response that we have to the Lord on a daily basis, shouldn't it? Not just for the great, unusual things that he does for us, but but in every way, every day, 
if someone corrects us or we see someone something in the word that really speaks to us or we hear a message that uh, inspires or convicts us or corrects us or whatever, shouldn't it be that our response should be like Mary's Behold the bondservant of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And that response of Mary is what Elizabeth is targeting when she exclaims, Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. My friends, that That inspires me, and it should inspire you as well. So now, well, we've already learned some major lessons from a young girl, haven't we? We've learned about the kind of humility and the kind of faith that we should be, and and obedience that we should be operating in. We've already learned from Mary. But now we're going to get into more lessons from this young girl, beginning in Luke chapter 1, verse 46, and Mary said in response to what Elizabeth said, notice her very first thing that she says, my soul exalts the Lord. My soul exalts the Lord. You know, she is going to be quoting scripture after scripture after scripture from the Old Testament. One thing I can tell you, my friends, is Mary didn't have a Bible. Back in those days, it, she, very few people had co- um, copies of the Old Testament. Usually only the priests had copies of the Old Testament. So they, they heard the word preached and taught and they memorized it. So she has the word of God richly abiding in her heart and in her mind. And so it comes out. And she exclaims, my soul exalts the Lord. That word means to magnify or to make great. My soul exalts the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. Now, my friends, Mary was a young woman who was a very godly woman, but she also recognized that she was a sinner when she says, in God, my Savior. Now, the Roman Catholic Church has made a, a, a horrific error and heresy in exalting Mary almost uh, to deity when it, it calls people to pray to her. And it, it refers, the Roman Catholic Church refers to her as a mediator, Uh, between us and God. This is a stench in the nostrils of God. It's an abomination. It's false teaching. The way the Roman Catholic Church has exalted a human being, um, just because she gave birth to the Messiah, does not make her more holy than anyone else. And she declares it right here. My spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. Incidentally, you know, I've mentioned that the gospel of Luke is just full of rejoicing. And here it is right here. She says, my spirit has rejoiced in God, my savior. This is a a very intense word for rejoicing that amazingly enough was used by Jesus Christ himself later in Luke chapter 10 and verse 21, 
when he was rejoicing over his disciples. And Luke tells us that he was rejoicing. He rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit. That's the same word, the same Greek word that Mary uses here. She doesn't say, uh, yes, how wonderful I am. Uh, yes, I obeyed the Lord. Look at me. No, she didn't even draw attention to herself. She immediately focuses on the Lord and exalts him and, and praises him. Isn't that an amazing thing? That is something that that is an important lesson that we can learn from this young girl. By the way, I've said it before, but it bears repeating that Mary was somewhere between the ages of 12 and maybe 15 at the most. So it's an amazing thing that back in those days in Israel, uh, girls were very young when they uh, when they married, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. And so I'm stressing and I'm emphasizing that here is this young girl, as we're about to see, who is very, very mature in her faith. And she knows the word and she knows how to use the word. Well, let's move on further. In verse 48, she says, for he has had regard for the humble state of his bondservant. You see that? He has had regard for the humble state of his bondservant. Mary understands that God uh, resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And she recognizes, I think of Isaiah 66 verse 2, which says this, but to this one will I look to him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. You see, humility is what gets God's attention, not the proud. And she is amazed that God would look upon her with favor like he did. And she recognizes that God blesses and honors the humble. And then she says in verse 48, the second part of verse 48, for behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. And that is a prophetic statement that she made. And sure enough, it has been true. All people throughout the world, even non-Christians, recognize that Mary was singularly blessed by God. And God came to this very young woman and blessed her in an extraordinary way. And no wonder she is rejoicing, but she's giving the credit to him. As she says in verse 49, for the mighty one, she's recognized that only God could do this. For the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name. When she says holy is his name, she is saying not only that God uh, is, is morally infinitely pure and no sin can ever touch him, but that he stands alone unique over against any human being and over against any so-called God or goddess. She recognizes that only Yahweh is holy. She doesn't declare holiness uh, for herself whatsoever. He alone is holy. That's what she means by holy is his name. And then she moves on in verse 50 and says, and his mercy 
is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him. She's quoting Psalm 103. She's already quoted Psalm 138. She's quoted Psalm 35 and Psalm 34 and 1 Samuel chapter 2 verses 1 through 10. Uh, this entire, everything that she says and declares, and, and really it is a, it's called the Magnificat, which is, she has burst out into song. This is a, this is, this is a spontaneous song or hymn or, or praise that Mary, it's most likely that she sang this back to Yahweh, a spontaneous song that is absolutely filled with scripture. Isn't that amazing? See, she says, and his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him. That is those who hold him in high regard, those who revere him, who honor him, who humble themselves before him. Verse 51, he has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and exalted those who were humble. You see, my friends, Mary is recognizing it really and even in a prophetic sense, she may not totally realize what she's saying, but through the birth of her son, who will be the Messiah of the world, God is doing mighty deeds. And through Jesus Christ, he is scattering those who are proud in the thoughts of their heart. And he is, he is bringing down rulers from their thrones and he's exalting those who are humble. That's what he does in and through the ministry of Jesus. And Mary is prophesying that she's declaring that in her song. In verse 53, he has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. Well, that can apply uh, financially and economically, but generally speaking, it has to do with those who are, are rich and have no need of God. You know, Jesus reproved one of the churches in the book of Revelation, when he said, you are rich and increased with goods, and you say you have need of nothing, but you don't even re realize that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. And so it's the, it's the humble that Jesus is looking to bless. In fact, I'm thinking of Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount. What does he say in verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, the word is often translated as uh, those who are, the poor in spirit are spiritual beggars. They're not arrogant, but they're spiritual beggars. They recognize how dis destitute or desperate they are before God. But those who are arrogant and think themselves rich and have no need of God, God just bypasses them, but not Mary. She is recognizing his goodness and his nature and, and that he 
doesn't cast his pearls before swine, but gives out his riches to those who are hungry for them. Now he, she goes on in this song, in this prophetic song, and says he has given help to Israel, his servant, in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his descendants forever. What is she saying there? She is saying that through the birth of the Messiah, God is fulfilling his his uh, covenant with Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant to the people of Israel by sending them um, his Messiah. And then, of course, he will bless the entire world. So the lessons that we learn, my friends, from this young girl are many. Number one, we learn the lesson of humility. And number two, we learn the lesson of how she lived under the authority of the word of God. The lesson lesson number three is she meditated on the word of God. She uh, memorized the word of God. She studied the word of God. She prayed the word of God. She sang the word of God. The word of God was everything to this young girl. Number four, we learned that even at a young age, Mary knew God. She knew his character. She knew his nature. She could call upon him. Number five, we learned that Mary was one who engaged in a lifestyle of praise and worship and prayer, because that's really what this song is. It's a song of praise and worship, but it's a song of prayer. It is really a prayer back to the Lord. Number six, we learned that Mary understood humility, that God looks with favor upon those who walk in humility. I'm thinking of Proverbs uh, chapter 16 and verse 18. I'm turning there right now. It's a memory verse, but I can't remember it uh, right at the moment. So I just need a little bit of a hint. Proverbs 16, 18. Yes, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. These are just six or seven of the things that we learn about Mary. Now, my friends, what about you? Are you walking in humility before God and man? Do you have a humble spirit before God? Do, are you thankful? That's another thing that we learned from another lesson from this young girl is that she was thankful. She was grateful. That's at least seven things that we learned from her. Do you practice gratitude when, when God does something for you? When he answers a prayer, when he teaches you something, are you thankful to him? Do you express that gratitude openly as Mary did. This wasn't a private thing, but she she was exalting the Lord with and uh, and before Elizabeth. Perhaps Zacharias was there as well. We don't know, um, but but this was a loud, unashamed rejoicing in the Lord. My friends, do you love the Word of God like Mary did? That's another thing that that I've already mentioned. That it's another lesson we learned from her, but. But what about you? Where are you at in terms of your love for the Word of God and devotion to the Word of God? Do you seek to give Him honor and glory before uh, before yourself? Can people see 
that you put the Lord first and that you come second or even third, putting others as more important than yourself. These are the, some of the things that that I want you to ask the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about how you're doing in these areas. Well, I want to pray now. And um, actually, before I pray, I want to give an opportunity for those who are listening to this message that have never received the Messiah, Jesus, as your Lord and Savior. My friend, if you were to die today and you stood before God and he said to you, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say to him? What would you say to him? The only answer there is, is that because I have asked, I have repented of my sins, I have asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins, I have recognized that he alone is the Savior of the world, and I'm depending upon him for eternal life. That's the only answer there is, my friends. And if you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, I want you to pray with me right now and surrender your life to him forevermore. And then he will he will take up residence in you and make you a brand new person. He'll cleanse you from your sin and he'll give you eternal life. But you must be serious before him and you must be ready to give him your life. I'm going to pray a simple prayer right now. And I want you to pray with me these words, Lord Jesus Christ. Pray with me, Lord Jesus Christ. I have not lived my life for you. I am a sinner, Lord, and I need your forgiveness. And I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to live your life in me. And I will live for you and I will serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you have heard my prayer. And thank you, Jesus, that you are now my Lord and my Savior. Now, friend, let me pray for you. Father, I pray that you would protect every single one of these that have prayed to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I pray that you would protect them from the lies of the evil one that would try to get them to back off and I pray that you would immediately root them and ground them in you and in your word and protect them from all the powers of darkness. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Now, I also want to pray for those of you who are sick and in need of healing. And so, Father, I pray that right now, throughout all this listening audience, that you, Lord Jesus, would step in to their lives and that you would bring your healing touch over the lives of so many that are listening to this broadcast and crying out to you for intervention in, uh, in their lives with healing and finances. Lord, would you open the eyes of the blind would you raise the paralytics even as you did while you were on this earth? Would you open the ears of the deaf? Would you cleanse people from uh, diseases? Would you 
heal cancers all over the world? Would you deliver people from demonic uh, possession and oppression in the mighty name of Jesus? In the name of Jesus, my friends, be healed of your afflictions, be healed of your diseases, and let the glory be given to Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Celebrate him, praise him, glorify him, honor him, and seek to be his blessing with everyone that you come into contact with throughout the remainder of your lives. Now, Father, may you bless them and keep them. Make you, may you make your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them. And may you lift up your countenance upon them and give them your peace, both now and forevermore. Amen and amen. So thank you, Pastor Brad. And thank you, listening audience, for tuning in to today's program. Just one in a series of broadcasts from the Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry. These programs are designed to take you deeper into God's Word and grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Check with your regularly scheduled programming on this station for future teachings from Pastor Brad. Until next time, God bless you.